When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so welcome everybody to the Water Relief Podcast on the Fish on First Podcast Network. I'm your host, Noah Berger. We are back with a whole new season. Uh, we will chat with Marlins relievers and hopefully relievers from other organizations. Stay tuned for that in the near future. I'm very happy to welcome one of the newest members of the Marlins bullpen, 32-year-old veteran right-hander from Danbury, Connecticut. Uh, he was acquired from the Boston Red Sox in exchange for friend of the pod, Richard Blyer, on January 30th. Ladies and gentlemen, please say hello to Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I am doing amazing. Let's start with the trade. Okay. What was your reaction? How did you get the news? And what were your expectations coming into the season? On the actual trade? Yeah. So, I was actually in an airport in Las Vegas on my way back home. Um, we were sitting in one of the lounges. Our flight was delayed for five hours. Um, so, we were sitting there grabbing a bite to eat and... Got a phone call that said I was being traded to the Marlins. So what was your initial reaction? I was like, it's awesome. I mean, honestly, like when you, when you get into the process of you know being DFA'd, you really have no control over where you go, right? It's just kind of up to the team where they can strike a deal or a trade or something like that. Um, and if they can't, then you go into the free agency process, which then right, you can kind of um, you can kind of pick and choose and start negotiating with teams again. But um, <clears throat> in that process. Um, you're kind of just just waiting, and when I got the news that I was coming to Miami, I looked at my wife and I was like, honestly, like that's awesome. Like we were pumped. I was like, that's a great landing spot for us, um, especially being on the East Coast. Always, you know, played in the East Coast from the East Coast, um, being able to stay here, frankly, in the same time zone is awesome for us. Um, and very familiar with Florida. Had been to Miami a number of times. Knew that the team had some really fun, exciting talent, um, and and was was honestly really really pumped about it. So. In your time here already, is there any big good spots that you've you've started to like in Miami specifically to hang out? I don't honestly. I don't. I don't do a lot. Um, my wife and I have gone out to dinner a handful of times. We went to uh, Carbone when we first got here, and that was delicious. Um, went to Komodo the other night, and that was that was great as well. Um, I mean, I, like I said, I don't I don't do a whole lot when I'm away from the field. I'm usually at the apartment, kind of hanging out. Um, but I've been to Miami a number of times and, and kind of enjoyed the nightlife scene here before. Um, has spent time on South Beach, whether it was for a wedding or vacation or stuff like that. So um, it's, uh, it's fun here. So coming from Boston, uh, what differences have you found between Boston and Miami with terms of like the clubhouse, the culture, and just the general vibe? I was going to say first, and if you didn't follow that up with that, I was going to say well, first and foremost the weather. Uh, and I tell you what, man, you don't, you don't appreciate playing under a roof until you have one. Man, is it nice. We came back from that road trip, and we had the delay and the cancel, and this and that. I was like, can we just get home to a 72 and comfortable every game? Um, but in terms of the clubhouse and, and, and the vibe, it's really nice here. I feel like um, it's a little more relaxed in a sense here than it is in Boston. In, in Boston, it's... Um, it can be very stressful at times, I and mean, it's it's a tough city to play in. Um, when you're winning, it's great. When you're losing, it's hard. I mean, just plain and simple, right? And and you're held to an incredibly high standard from 
the entire city, right? It's not just an organizational thing. It's a city thing. Um, the clubhouse here, I, I think it's I think it's awesome. I and mean, I touched on it two seconds ago, but you look around and and the pieces and the talent um, and the direction that, that the club is going. And I think it starts from the top down. It, it starts from some of the moves that were made in the offseason. Um, you know, it, it continues with, with Skip and the staff and, and the guys in the clubhouse. And I think that, um, you know, we're a month through the season right now. Um, there have been a couple of stretches in which I don't think we were happy with the way that we played, but I think when you look at the overall product of what we put together the first month, I thought it was a pretty pretty quality month of baseball. Um, got five months left until the postseason, and um, obviously plenty of areas in which we can improve on, right? I mean, it, it doesn't stop. Um, so I'm, I'm excited moving forward, um, and, and I, think, I think that we can do something cool here. I gotta just mention, you are very good at this. There, I've, I've it's, you're making my job very easy. Um, so, came from Fenway Park. It's a very yep. hitter-friendly park. It's yep. got the different. You mentioned the weather. Yep. Um, and now you're in the, the roof and everything. It's a more of a pitcher-friendly park. How much has that change helped you? Um, the biggest thing for me is like, I I don't necessarily focus on like the dimensions of whether or not it's a hitter's or or a pitcher's park. Um, the nicest part here for me is knowing the consistency of what a baseball will feel like in my hand every day. Um, when you're playing in outdoor stadiums with no roof, you're going to have a day where it's 45. You're going to have a day where it's drizzling. Some days it's hot. Some days it's cold, right? And that affects the texture and, and the way that the ball feels in your hand. Like the ball when we were in Cleveland felt different than Atlanta, which feels different than Miami, right? But every home game here, it feels the same because it's temperature controlled. Um, and even in Boston, like we would have days where, I mean, the Northeast, they, you know, they say, if you don't like the weather, wait 15 minutes, right? Um, we had days where it would be 45 or, or 35 one day and snowing, and the next day it's 76 and sunny, right? And those are just elements that you have to kind of deal with. Um, a lot of, and the interesting part to me is a lot of people say that Fenway's a hitter-friendly park, right? But like, I don't know that it completely is. Right, so like the monster, yes, obviously, because it's short, right? The fence is short there, and you have pesky pole, right? But pesky pole only like a five foot stretch, right? When you get out to deep right field, which is like probably 10 feet in off the foul line, it's one of the deepest from, parks in the league. I, I don't know that there's a park deeper to right field, right? So you have that until you get to probably the where the monster ends, because it's still a 20 foot wall there. Yeah. Like that entire section of the field is really big. Right? And the way that I look at it, the monster, to me, it gives and it takes just equally. Right, You get a high pop-up that's hit 365 feet, it's probably a home run. But you get a ball that's hit 114 that would go 470 feet, well, it hits off the top of the wall and it's probably a single. So, like, you get a hit out of it, but... Not as many bases. Right, but the damage is reduced because of that. So along those same lines, you've pitched in almost every active major league ballpark. One more, and we get including special parks like that in London. Yep. You've you. There are only two parks that you haven't pitched in. Do you know in what the this big year, leagues? Yeah, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Do you but know I haven't what, pitched. There's only one park I haven't been to. Which one is that? Wrigley. Do you know the other one that you haven't pitched in? It's none out west. Is it? 
I pitched, I've pitched in Arizona, Colorado, San Diego, Anaheim, L.A., San Francisco. I warmed up in San Francisco. You I didn't pit- pitch in San Francisco. I, war- I warmed up in San Francisco. I never pitched in San Francisco. You have not. I warmed up there. That's right, now that I think about it. So you guys are going to Wrigley this weekend. Yep. Uh, how much are you looking forward to checking off that the ballpark off your off your list and pitching in the friendly confines? Oh, I mean it's awesome. I, I I've had like twenty nine of them for like three years now, right? And the Red Sox actually went to Wrigley twice in the last two years. And one year I think I had COVID, and one I was hurt, so I didn't get to do it. And it doesn't happen very often, right? And this is before I was traded to the Marlins and, and got into the National League, so. Um, super excited. I've heard it's it's an awesome ballpark, great experience. Um, obviously, that's the second oldest, right, behind Fenway. So um, I'm excited to see what it's like. I mean, it, it's fun. You know, you kind of get these routines and, like, you know where to go and what to do in clubhouses, where, like, the staff and everything. Like, I don't know nothing. I know nothing about Wrigley. So it, it's crazy that this far in my career I get to the point where I get to experience a park for the first time. Um, but I also think it's really cool to get all 30 parks. And I think it's going to be a lot easier now for guys to do it because of the way that the schedule is built where you play everybody. But for the first nine, eight, nine years of my career, like, you didn't do that. Like, I played with guys who it was hard to get all 30 because even if you played, right, because you rotated the West, the East, and the Central every year, and even in that, you wouldn't travel to each park. So you would probably have to be in the league for, like, seven or eight years at least just to have the chance to do it so um i still take two years if you're in the league for the whole world right so right so i'm at the point like i i hold it maybe to a different standard because of that than what it'll be worth i don't know in three or four years but for me it's cool yeah it'll actually be my first time at wrigley too this weekend um so this is my favorite question i love asking relief pitchers what is your ideal bullpen setup there's different ballparks like in Tampa. It's completely exposed. It's not Tampa. It's, it's, not <laughs> it's Tampa. never Tampa. Um, it's not Oakland. For Wrigley, it's underneath, completely enclosed. Yep. Um, and for other ballparks like here, it's kind of exposed. And, but like Philly, you're right up next to the fans. And yep. now in Toronto, you're right up next to the fans. What's your favorite bullpen? Oh, that's right. Toronto changed theirs. Yeah. I saw videos of it. That's interesting. Did we go to Toronto this year? Uh, no, no, Toronto they come to comes us. here. Okay. Um, ideal, honestly. Um, our bullpen setup here is really nice, um, and I think a lot of that has to do with um, with the roof, right? We're never going to be exposed to bad elements, and an open stadium, um, like the Yankees one, is really nice. I think Atlanta's is nice. It really, there's only a handful of things that that we really need, like. I like to have a clear, unobstructed view of the game, right? So Atlanta or New York, you can sit up on the benches and see over the fences and watch. I think that's really nice. So we're not staring through chain link fence, fences the whole time. Um, here, like, you, you, uh, here, there's like a screen in front of the bullpen. You guys, yeah, but, but they we, have the but we balcony, have the thing, right? so you can sit up on top and see over the fences, right? Um, I like to have enough space where like guys can throw comfortably, and we have plenty of room to move around and get loose. Um, and in these open stadiums, the biggest one for me is having a climate-controlled room because it's either going to be – you don't know what you're going to deal with that day, right? A lot of these places don't have it. Like Fenway, we just had a single bench, and it's small. So whether it's – and the bathroom is, like, no bigger than, like, this table, right? But it just it is what it is. It's what we had. So when it's 
cold out, you're freezing because you're exposed to it. When it's hot out, the sun sets right over the third base line, and you get torched with the with the sun. So, um, like the Yankees has a really nice climate controlled room that you're in there with the TVs, and you can watch. I mean, it's the high home now, but. Um, oh, really? They changed that? Yeah, I think so. Probably because like a sign, probably a sign yeah. stealing thing. Yeah, which you can't do anyways anymore because you have PitchCom. So, how do you like PitchCom? I love it. Um, so, as a relief pitcher, you rarely come into the game with a clean and manicured mound. Um, I noticed during one of your recent appearances, it looked like you were extremely uncomfortable with your landing, yeah, yep. with your landing spot on the mound. How much does that affect your delivery, and how have you learned to adapt to different conditions of the mound? Yeah, so that's a, I mean, that's a good question. That's hard. Um, like, take Atlanta, for example, right? One, mechanically, I was off a little bit anyways, right? Um, but I go out there, we just had a rain delay. Obviously, everything's wet. The first pitch of the inning, the first inning, the first pitch, my front foot slips and slides. Now, for me, that's always a really... Losing my front foot for any pitcher is obviously very hard. For me, it like subconsciously triggers something. So in 18, I got hurt because my landing foot landed awkwardly and slipped. And then I missed three weeks because of a hip injury. So whenever I start losing my front foot because I slip, it like subconsciously makes me even more tentative because that's how I hurt myself. Interesting. But, right. So... Have you ever asked for the grounds crew to come out and fix, yes. fix a mound? Yes, once was, in New York. Was there any thought to doing it last week? No, because after that first one, it didn't really happen again. And then it happened a couple times in the second inning. Um, and I don't know. It it was hard. I mean, mo- most of it was, was truthfully mechanical, um, which I was able to fix. You know, we came back here, and I something so subtle and so dumb, but was able to fix it and have since thrown the ball better. Um, I didn't really think about it, honestly. Um, maybe I should have, but it's, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But, um, it's difficult, you know, you're, you're kind of dealt the hand that you are with the mound, which is why anytime I'm warming up, like, I don't want anybody to fix mounds for me before I get on them. Like, leave them nasty. That's the only mound I'm going to see. I feel more uncomfortable on a clean mound than I do on a dirty mound. Um, so... But really, as long as the landing spot's okay and solid, I'm good. Like, if we've got a big hole, I'm okay adjusting where I am on the rubber to fix that. Um, but most of the time, it's it's fine. I mean, they do a good job of keeping these things, these you know, the mounds well-kept and manicured and, and the clay and everything. So it's very rarely that you run into, like, a big issue with a mound. So um, now into the nitty-gritty. Yep. Uh, a pitch you're using a lot less this year is the changeup. You used it a little in 2022, yep. but basically gotten rid of it in 2023. Yep. Is there any reason why? Um, not necessarily. So it's not a changeup anymore, and that's probably part of the reason. Um, in spring training, we were throwing the changeup in spring training, and it was okay. It was fine, but it's not like a big, it's not a big swing and miss pitch for me. It's just kind of like a strike, get back in the count, um, occasionally. I can get some swing and miss on it or weak contact with it, right? And I was talking with Mel about it, and he was like, listen, the innings that you're going to be throwing, he was like, you don't need to like get back in counts, right? He's more like, you want swing and miss with all your stuff. 
right? If you're throwing late and close or tight games or whatever, you're trying to keep away as a reliever, he's like, you want swing and miss stuff. So I said, all right, well, you still a splitter. And he was like, so we ended up going back to a splitter. So it's not a changeup, it's a splitter now. And I didn't throw it a ton in spring training. And the first time I actually threw it in the game in like four years was in New York. Right? I threw the first one to McNeil for a strike, and then I threw two to Lindor that were balls. Um, I think it was, was it McNeil? I don't think I was able to watch that game. I think it was, it was on Passover. So, but it's because it's a splitter. So I haven't thrown it a ton, and, and the curveball is really good right now. So I, I get into these traps sometimes where if the fastball and the curveball are both working really well, I'm usually fine. Like, I really don't have to use a third pitch. So you're one of the few users of the knuckle curve. Yes. Um, is there anyone that you used to watch that inspired you to use that pitch that you, you try and emulate? What went into starting to use that pitch? So when I was coming up to the minor leagues as a starter, my breaking ball was terrible. I was a fastball changeup guy. Um, and I remember sitting out of the bucket one day in double A and we were shagging and it was me, Brandon Workman and Anthony Renato. And Workman was like, have you ever tried spiking a curveball? And I was like, nope. So he had spiked it and Renato spiked it. So from that day on, I spiked it and started messing around with it and it felt much better. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. So I stuck with the knuckle curve then. Um, and then for the rest of my career, it you know when I first came up and, and once I got comfortable with it, the knuckle curve was probably it was like anywhere from like 77 to 80, maybe 81, 82 with it um, on a good day. But it was kind of like loopy and slow and wasn't great. And I don't spin the ball a lot, right? I'm not a high spin guy. I think my curveball is like, like 1,900 to 2,100-ish, which is very low for a breaking ball. I mean, you get Charlie Morton spinning at like 3,200, which is insane. Charlie Morton is an anomaly. Which is insane, right? But so then Kimbrell gets traded to the Red Sox. And he spikes his. And him and I were catch partners for three years. And I remember watching him. He's selling this thing at like 88. And I went to him and was like, bro, how do I, you got to teach me how to throw this thing at 87. I was like, that's, in, you're, it's incredible. It's unhittable. So I started working with Craig a little bit. And that's when it went from like 78 to 80 to 82 to 86. So uh, now I'm going to rapid fire questions just to, before we wrap up. Funniest teammate. Funniest teammate? I think Flo is really funny. Uh, the team hype man. Um, it's probably Louie. Arise. Uh, your favorite ballpark? To play in or aesthetically? Do both. To play in? My favorite ballpark to pitch in is probably Baltimore. And, and that was even before they moved the ball back. And your least favorite, uh, wait, uh, the one aesthetically. Your favorite aesthetically. Man, there's a lot. Atlanta's a really nice ballpark. Um, I know the Marlins fans probably don't want to hear that, but Atlanta's a really nice we ballpark. We acknowledge when we're beaten in something. Um, it's hard with some of the West Coast ones because I haven't been out there. The new Texas Stadium is sick. I really um, want to go out there and see that. Minnesota Stadium is really nice, I think. I've been told, told a lot like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is really cool. Yeah. Especially the view from like the Yeah, the, Pittsburgh's the, the I, like, I like I like Pittsburgh. You see the skyline. The skyline on the back. Pittsburgh's awesome. 
I think this. I think. I think Lone Depot is really cool. Um, it's an underrated ballpark yeah. because of it's. Not, you don't really see many people here. Right. Um, but when you actually look at the ballpark, it's ballpark, really nice. It's really nice. Yeah. Um, so it's your least know. favorite ballpark to pitch in. To pitch in. Mm. And it's probably because I don't throw the ball well there historically, not because it's not a nice stadium. Probably Minnesota. I got bad numbers in, in Minnesota. So, uh, what's your favorite song? I don't have a favorite song. I feel that. I don't. I don't know. I don't know that I have a favorite song. I listen to so many different genres and. Um, who are you giving the ox to? On the team? Yeah. And the follow-up is, who are you not giving the ox to? I think Jazz would probably do a really good job with it and understand, like, cause certain, like, certain times call for different music, right? I think Jazz would probably be pretty good at it. Um, look at what Jazz and uh, who are you not giving the ox to? Um, probably Tanner Scott. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been an incredible chat, and it's about time I let you go back and get ready for today's game. Thank Is you. Is there anything you want to add before we end off a message for the fans, a shout-out to your family or anything? No, I don't think so. Say to the fans, hey, just we appreciate the support. Keep showing up. Um, we're working hard trying to win as many ball games as possible for you so um, let's get out to Lone Depot support the boys alright well Matt thank you very much for joining me this has been the Water Relief Podcast on the Fish on First Podcast channel thank you all for listening we will be back in the very near future with another Marlins reliever thank you awesome thanks